Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hey listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Faux, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Osiris. Happy Wednesday here from lovely Denver, Colorado. My name is Brian Brinkman. I am here solo for the time being. Uh, all my co-hosts have left me to go to Madison Square Garden to see Fish play this April New Year's Eve run in New York. And uh, I couldn't be more excited for them. Um, I'm here holding down the fort. I will be here all weekend. Um today we have a really fun episode a very holiday appropriate episode with one of my best friends one of my favorite people to talk to about fish 
We're going to dive into that here shortly. That's Ben Greenfield coming on at Guy Forger OPT for all of you on Twitter. Um, ben and I are going to talk through the history of Makasupa Policeman. We may, we may not. We're trying to figure out if it's possible. We may get a call in from one of the co-hosts, uh, Megan or RJ, um, as they are approaching MSG and as they're getting ready for this show. So um, that could be fun if it happens, but we are going to be talking Makasupa Policeman today. And then the next four days, we're going to be coming live. Different time, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern with some people who are at the shows uh, in New York City this weekend to break down the run, talk through kind of exactly what happened on Fish's End, um, what music was played, what were the big jams, what were the big bust outs, the crazy moments, what was it like for people there to be in the room? Like, I get this feeling, you know, Fish obviously played an incredible summer and fall tour last year. Um, they played the Mexico run here in February, but there, there's this weird lingering vibe of, like almost Hampton 09 sense that I get of like, what is it going to be like when the lights drop in the garden? It just feels like another level and another aspect of this whole return to quote unquote normalcy. So really, really excited for all of that. Um, Excited to to dive into it. And of course, excited to webcast these shows and and take them all in. Um, Today though, like I said, we're going to be joined here in a second by Ben Greenfield, a fantastic thinker, fantastic person, fantastic, uh, just overall mind when it comes to fish and um, other topics as well. But we are here to talk about fish. Um, before we do that, though, just a couple quick, couple quick, quick bits of business. Um, I want to encourage everyone out there to once again, subscribe to Osiris Media on Apple Podcasts. You get HF Pod, Undermine Premium, a whole bunch of other premium um, uh, shows from Osiris, bonus episodes, ad-free content. The best thing about it is it's a great, great, great way to support what we do here at Osiris Media. If you like what we do, if you like us coming live to you on a regular basis, and we have more shows that are going to be coming to do this in the coming weeks and months. But if you like this, supporting Osiris Media is a great way to continue doing that. Um, I also, uh, for the purposes of today, I want to tell you about, we have two fantastic sponsors today. Um, I want to tell you about the bar at Moynihan. This is located at the Moynihan train hall right next to MSG. You can check them out for your pre and post show hub ahead of fish at MSG and Osiris media members from Osiris media are going to be there tomorrow, April 21st around five 30 in the evening. So just about 25 hours from now for a cool little meet and greet. They want to meet uh, listeners of their shows. Um, fans of HF pod undermine sugar, maple, no simple road. Um, Comes a time, 36 in the vault. The list is ongoing. If you listen to any Osiris shows, go to the bar at Moynihan, um, right next to MSG in the Moynihan train hall at 5.30 p.m. tomorrow for a great Osiris meet and greet. Um, The bar at Moynihan will have uh, exclusive Sierra Nevada's foam Pilsner available. They will also have a discounted price only at the new bar at Moynihan by the original Penzi team. Many of you MSG concert goers will remember the Penzi from the pre-COVID days. Fish Week at MSG, the bar at Moynihan. It's a pint's throw from MSG situated situated inside the new Moynihan train hall. Hop off the Amtrak, the Long Island Rail, or the subway. Grab a few before and after the show. 
you can head over to the moynihanbar.com or follow at the bar at Moynihan for more details. So check them out. We will be uh, talking about them all week here. Fantastic bar that is setting up some great stuff for people ahead of and after MSG shows. We are also, as always, sponsored by Sunset Lake CBD. Sunset Lake CBD's line of smokable hemp products are for the old deadhead or the young fish fan searching for a mellow body high. Smoking CBD has all the benefits of high THC cannabis without the paranoia or the anxious side effects. With nine different strains from this year's harvest, there's something for everyone. Hawaiian haze is awesome for an outdoor show. Cherry abacus is best for the end of the night. It's a great little balance between the two of them. All the flowers grown, cured, and trimmed by Sunset Lake CBD farmers. Even better, Sunset Lake CBD's farm-to-table approach gets you great pricing on premium CBD flower by shipping directly from their farm to your door. I've talked about Sunset Lake for months now on HF Pod, and I cannot tell you enough how much I love their products. Incredible, incredible stuff. I just got a new package of stuff, including the uh, Hawaiian Haze, which I enjoyed last night. Outside, it's beautiful weather here. I was listening to some music, hanging out outside, and just like took the edge off. It was the perfect, perfect thing at the end of the night. I was able to still cook dinner. It was amazing. So check them out today, sunsetlakecbd.com, and use the coupon code HFPOD for 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned and Vermont-grown. And with that, we're going to bring on the incredible, the intellectually tinged, the sometimes humorous, the fantastic guitarist, the excellent co-pilot at one o'clock in the morning when you are driving home from Chula Vista and you are just like exhausted and you need someone to keep you awake. Excellent father also, by the way. And I just picked that up from his text to me about how great of a dad he is. But, um, you know, we'll let, we'll let you all be the judge of that. Mr. Ben Greenfield. Hey, Brian, thank you for all those compliments. Um, you can keep going. I don't, I don't want to, you off at all <laughs> i got nothing left that was it i i utilized every single compliment i have <laughs> wow um thank you i like sometimes humorous was a really nice one i mean <laughs> sometimes humorous implies usually boring or usually unfunny yeah typically tries to no you you're you're all you're always funny you you have um a sense of humor that is in line with, I think the best kind of sense of humor because it's so dry. Like I will, we'll be in a conversation. You'll say something. I'll have almost like the perfect earnest reply. And then I'm like, wait, 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 Ben is joking. And, and that's what I really like. It's the wait, wait moment. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited to uh, discuss some moments of dry and wet humor in fish history with you today. One would say that this humor is dank, mm. you it's know, appropriate adjective. It it also um, has been known to make people moist, moist, and um, you know, it's it's the cush humor is what we're looking for here today. Mm-hmm. The OG you shit. Know, the OG shit. We are talking about. A song that you really only can talk about today. And that is Mackie Supa Policeman, the original, the original fish song. Uh, 
we're going to dive into this. I've been thinking about this for a couple of months now, and I felt like there was nobody better suited to talk about this than you, Ben, because this is your favorite day of the year. This is your favorite fish song aside from Jennifer dances. You know, this just, this, this is, this perfectly aligns for us to do a deep dive into a song that I think we both think is much more interesting after doing all this research than we did going in. Am I wrong about that? Anything I just said, was I wrong about? No, nothing at all, except that uh, my favorite day of the year is six, nine, but that aside, um, yeah, you know, Maki Super Policeman is, is a fascinating and strange little, unique number in in fish lore and um i think i have really come to appreciate its historical significance for fish uh as part of this listening project but i guess we'll get into all that we will before we get into all that though we want to do a quick diversion because um you know ben is the only well, and I shouldn't say only because there's one other person, but Ben is one of two people who, when I'm hanging out with, can tell me of all people that I'm playing too much fish, which you did on a wonderful drive between uh, Phoenix and Chula Vista this past October, just about six months ago, which is crazy. But um, you were telling me before we jumped on today, you have a really exciting show that you're going to tonight. Um, can you tell us? It's not fish. Can you tell mm-hmm. us, tell the listeners what you're going to see? Yeah. So uh, this fan's choice for what to see tonight is Taper's Choice. For those who are not familiar with Taper's Choice, Taper's Choice is the next great American jam band. Um, Taper's Choice is a, a super group of sorts. It's com- comprised of Dave Harrington, the uh, guitarist Wonderkind from Dark Side, among other projects. Uh, oh, there's the Taper's Choice cassette. Um, I have the Taper's Choice tape. So uh, Dave Harrington, uh, extraordinary guitarist. Zach Tenorio Miller, Miller, who is just an absolute mad scientist on the keys, who I just became familiar with through this project. Um, Alex Bleeker from uh, Real Estate on Bass, who's who's very deep in, into jam bands as well. Uh, and then Chris Thompson, an old college buddy of mine from Vampire Weekend on drums. And, you know, I saw their their first show that they played a few months ago and I went into it. I was I was sort of assuming like, OK, they're, this is going to be fun. Um, they'll probably have some good jamming. But what I discovered is, number one, they brought some killer compositions to the table and they really, really, really nailed them. Um, number two, they really can jam. They're incredible musicians. Like usually when you get a new jam band on the scene, they're people who have who don't have that much stage experience. These guys are all seasoned, incredible musicians. And number three, they have they they really have a great sense of humor. And it's they sort of like toe the line sometimes. If you follow them on on uh, social media, you know this. They toe the line between like earnest jam band and jam band parody. Um, and they do it really well. And it's it's like fun uh, to follow them, fun to see them live. And uh, I'm really excited to to see them again tonight. Yeah, I was listening to the show, I believe, that you saw from a couple months ago. Um, that's It's the only show of theirs that's up on Relisten. Um, and the track, Donor Rap, really, really gets me. Um, mm-hmm. Just incredible jamming in there. There's a lot of choices that are made improvisationally in their jams that um, 
they just don't feel in line with what you would expect a jam band to do. You know, there's usually that moment where like we're building, we're building, like we're, we're in a groove and then we build towards a, a peak. And one of the things I love is the left turns that they tend to make where there's a peak coming, but instead we're just going to, we're going to mess with the rhythm. We're going to go into a different space here and you get, you know, Chris Thompson's drums are some of the best in indie rock and applying that to a jam band is something you know, Vampire Weekend has like experimented in the last four or five years with like subtle hints at jamming. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's kind of like contained exploration. It's the way that, um, almost like my morning jacket would jam, uh, in, in most songs where like it's expanded to nine to 10 minutes where it's usually a three or four minute song on record, but it's not really jamming in the sense that we're used to with fish he's kind of able to be able he's he's able to be let loose in this band in a really cool way yeah yeah that's absolutely true and he he also i mean he has listened to he is so well versed in fish and so he he, and this is true of, of all of those guys like i think they have you know the ears for jam music and yet i think because they their own playing experience comes from other improvisational and non-improvisational uh backgrounds they they just like you're saying they have just a different set of vocabularies and different set of instincts when it comes to jamming that leads to some really really unique directions that you don't typically hear from you know your your kind of uh standard local jam band yeah absolutely it's uh it's exciting stuff and they're playing on sunday following the msg run so anyone who's in new york city who wants to see more music uh really exciting jam music go and see taper choice do you know the venue they're playing i'm blanking out off the top of my head i want to say it's like the sultan room am i making that up i think you're right about that that's that sounds right i'm gonna look it up really quickly while while we're talking about this because um while while we were planning for this show um i was uh i was thinking about um well, it, it turns out that it's uh, another great musician who also dabbles in improvisational music. It's another great musician's birthday who I happened to see last Thursday, and that is Mr. Steve Gunn. Um, that's the most recent concert that I've seen. You saw Steve and Jeff Parker about a month ago. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. They were doing a co-headlining tour and they played three nights in L.A. I saw oh, the, fi- the final night. Um where Jeff Parker had like Micaiah McRaven on drums who I'd never seen live. And both, I mean, both acts really just blew me away. Just such incredible um, musicianship and improvisational prowess and, uh, and songwriting prowess. Yeah. I had never seen Steve Gunn before. I've been listening to him since 2014's way out weather and it was a solo show and I was Anyone out there who's looking for new music, who's looking for a, an artist that kind of toes the line between singer-songwriter, indie rock, and jam music, Steve Gunn's uh, just going, going to see him live, even in a solo setting, is absolutely incredible. Uh, he did a ton of experimentation from a pedal standpoint while playing just acoustic guitar. Every one of his songs had like a six to seven minute instrumental gap in the middle of it that was absolutely just breathtaking he ended it with a 12 minute version of way out weather the um, title track from his 2014 record and um 
it was in this tiny little room, uh, Globe Hall here in Denver, Colorado, my favorite venue in the city. Um, just an amazing show. I went in kind of not knowing what I was what I was getting out of it after listening to him for almost a decade now, and you know, hearing various styles of what he can do, both just with the acoustic guitar as well as with a full band, um, as well as with his duo, the Gun Trzynski, uh duo, and this felt kind of like a fusion between his most recent record other you and his gun Trzynski records that um i'm i'm a huge huge fan of so it was uh it was a killer show and you know the more jamming that we're getting out of indie rock artists the better for me it's 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 a really good thing yeah yeah it's it's cool there i don't think that there used to be such like a spectrum between like jam bands and indie rock there were two islands and and it feels like they are getting connected in in really interesting ways more and more each with each passing month and he's he's amazing i mean like everything he does like you're saying he just has so much talent that you know if he's just kind of playing a three-minute song or is in a pure improvisational setting it's always going to be great yeah, I've been in a big uh, guitar kick of late and watching him play the acoustic guitar and watching him just like build these soundscapes. I was just like, okay, there's a long way to go, but there's also like so much more that I can do with this guitar. And um, I snapped a couple pictures of his pedal board and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to add a few of these to the, uh, to the ensemble. Cause I feel like I need, I need to take that dive into uh, pedals with the acoustic. Yeah. 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 Not too many people can improvise on the acoustic like he can. No, it's 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 really impressive stuff. Um, you were absolutely right. I just pulled it up. The uh, Tapers Choice is playing on Sunday, four twenty four, at the Sultan Room on the rooftop. Um, the show is sold out, so our promotion um, has done nothing. Maybe we sold the last ticket. Who knows? But um, if you if you are interested in what we're talking about here, check them out on Relisten Tapers Choice again. Dave Harrington, Alex Bleeker, Chris Thompson, Zach Tenero Miller, as well as special guests. Um, really, really amazing lineup. They are also if you're looking for some sort of uh, if you're looking for music ahead of fish on um saturday the 23rd they're doing a live stream from the relic studio so i'm gonna have to check that out that'll be incredible um that said we're gonna do a hard segue a hard left turn here into our main segment of the show which is makia policeman and before we dive into the origins of makia policeman ben tell me what are your what is your impression of Makisupa Policeman. Do you remember the first time you heard this song? Do you have, like, how, how has the song evolved for you in Fish's larger canon? Uh, okay, so the first time I heard it, I'm I'm 99% sure was at my, oh, wait, did they play it at my first show? Uh, I think they, they might have 1228.96, do you recall? They definitely played it at my second show, which was 12297. Um, yeah. But I definitely I first up. heard it live. Um, yeah. And it's, I, you know, I, I think like for, for most people in most settings, when you're hearing Makisuba, it's like, you know, it's kind of like a tongue in cheek little reggae number that usually lasts for four or five minutes. Um, and it's usually, you know, kind of like a breather in the second set. That's not a ballad. Um, but then once in a while, it it's something very different. Um, and like, I think one of the cool things about, you know, following fish for a long time and like seeing so many different versions of a song, like you kind of, you see like the different colors it can take. And I, I think for, for Maki Supa, if you're really lucky, that means like 
a jam that doesn't sound anything like any other jams. Um, and then maybe a little bit more commonly, it's just something like a kind of joke that ends up being like the theme of the show or the weekend. <laughs> um, like, I think we'll talk about a couple versions like that, but like, um, you know, like uh, 11, one 13 comes to mind, the Kush Bush thing where it's just, it's just like, okay, that's our new joke. And we're going <laughs> to ride that for like three nights or longer. But um, yeah. What about you? Well, you're absolutely right. Your first perform, your first version was your first uh, show, twelve twenty eight ninety six. It's a great version that has the keywords. Oh right, stink, 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 stunk. stunk. Yeah, um, one of the best keywords ever. One of the best. Um, you know, my 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 earliest memories of this song. I think the first time I heard it was um, when I got Live Fish One, which was twelve fourteen ninety five, which is the keyword Gaddafi in my bed, which taught me two things. One, that there was a fish song called Makasupa Policeman that sounded like a, and I mean this in the kindest and sweetest and most loving way possible, uh, a cheap ripoff of a reggae tune. Um, and number two. Uh, it made me realize that Muammar Gaddafi was something of a pop cultural icon in a, in a strange and uh, twisted manner. And, um, you know, I like to say that that's, you know, kind of the origins of my interest in uh, the, the, the Middle East. It's probably not. But, you know, that was like I have this like very vivid, mem vivid memory of um, hearing that and then jumping on the Internet and being like, who the hell is this guy Gaddafi? And, you know, starting to go down that rabbit hole. Um, but. I remember hearing the song for the first time and just kind of thinking like, I love the fact that fish has these songs. You know, if you listen, if you think about like live fish, one as just an example, there's songs like Tila and split open and melt and, um, Haley's comet and foam on that, uh, volume. But then to have like a song, like Nike super policeman, that's just kind of like thrown in there. And it's just this breath of fresh air and it's kind of this joke moment. I don't know. It, it, it adds something to their overall catalog. It, it allows this vulnerability. It allows this um, kind of comedic relief in a way that you just don't expect with a lot of large rock shows. Like most comedic yeah. moments at a rock show is really heavily planned and really like it's perfectly constructed to, you know, usually prevent any humor from getting through, but also to prevent anyone from being offended or anything like, you know, happening in a manner that, that, that goes haywire, goes off the, you know, off the rails. It feels even today, like every time they play Makasupa Policeman, not necessarily that anything can happen, but that the band is kind of just like riffing and it's like a, a picture into who they are backstage in some manner. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, it's it's also like a window back in time for Fish. Like it's it's such an '80s Fish song, yeah. and uh, and one I think one of the things that's that's amazing is the fact that it's still in their catalog. Like if you think about some of the songs that they wrote, the silly songs that they would that they would play in um, in the '80s, or the tongue in cheek songs that they would play, um, uh, most of them didn't really make it into the '90s. Totally, and certainly not beyond that. And, uh, and Maki Supa somehow did. And it's, uh, you know, it's like you're saying, I mean, I think a lot of bands, like as they grow, they're like, okay, we got to put on our, our big kid hats now. <laughs> um, and, uh, fish sort of did, but, but they, they still got some, uh, some stupid shit in their, in their quiver. It's interesting. Cause like, 
I, I'd never thought about it this way, but the way you just mentioned it made me kind of rethink it on the fly. Like it's not complex enough, like a clod or a bundle of joy that will then be put into a different song. Like, I don't know how they would take the section like the but 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 and like put that into a song where if you're a fish fan and you know this alternate history of 1998 and you hear a composition and you know you're learning about the band you're like oh that came from this little reggae song Mac is super policeman it's kind of just like simple enough that you keep it as its own thing but at the same time it is very college jokey and it is still you know, it leans in in a way that a lot of fish songs don't to stereotypes around the band, you know, that, that, you know, there's, there's a, a stoner legacy to the fan base and there's, you know, um, we're going to take little bits and pieces of music that we may not necessarily know a lot about from, you know, our cultural upbringings, but we're just going to kind of incorporate it because we've listened to this music before and why not? It's, it's kind of fun sometimes to play reggae music. Right. Yeah. It's, it's funny. We were, you and I were texting a couple of days ago and I was, I was, I posed the question, like, what are the greatest weed related moments in fish history that, don't come from Makisupa, and there were like surprisingly few that we w- that we could come up with. It's kind of like, yeah, if they if they want to make like some some drug jokes, some weed jokes, they're gonna pretty much just play Makisupa, and and that's gonna be like, you know, their hall pass to talk about weed. And even today, you know, even when like sobriety is such a huge part of of fish, like there's still this kind of like wink of, hey, we can smell what's coming from the crowd. We kn- we know what's <laughs> happening. We know it's a part of this. Um, I remember from our text from our text exchange, um, we talked about the Simpsons. Um, we talked about legalize it from Dick's 2014, which celebrated uh, the the looming legalization of marijuana in Colorado. Um, mm-hmm. What else did we did we have on that list? There's the uh, Amsterdam '96 train wreck where uh, the band is like incredibly blazed, and I think like at one point Trey takes a bong hit from somebody in the audience. <laughs> um, and it's yeah it's it's bad it's um that show sounds like what would happen if you tried to play really complex music when you were stoned and it's interesting because you know we talked about this when we we did um an episode on Amsterdam 97 the the 21797 show a couple months ago and it's only 7 months later and it like leans into aspects of Amsterdam in such a better, like it, it leans into the creativity and the darkness and the kind of avant-garde nature to culture in, in Amsterdam. And like this abstract, anything is possible that you get from European art rather than, you know, some uh, aspects of like American rock. And just seven months earlier, it was like, we just don't know how to play Amsterdam. Like we're professional musicians. We just played December 31st, 1995, and we don't know how to play in Amsterdam. Um, quick bit about Macus Supa's history. Um, so you mentioned this was a song from the 80s, which is partially true. This uh, debuted uh, early on in Fish's career, which we'll talk about here in a second. But um, this was this is Fish's only song from the 60s. This is their one 60s classic. It was written in 1969 by Tom Marshall, penned in elementary school. Um, it is the first Fish original song that was put on tape. Keywords 
to the song are key, as we're going to talk about here um, over the course of this episode. Um, and as we noted, it's perhaps the most tongue-in-cheek admission of marijuana usage in Fish lyrics. Um, Mackie's Super Policeman, the name comes from Tom uh, gave uh, the name Mackie Super Policeman to any of his older sister's cool boyfriends. Years later, when Trey heard this, he misheard Mackie Super as Mackie Supa, and thus the title was born. It means nothing other than, hey, you're a cool dude. Um, I want to read something really quickly from fish.net. Um, there was an, there's an excellent history of Mackie's Super Policeman. It also appears in the Fish Companion, the newest volume. Um, <clears throat> the appearance of Mackie's Super in a set generally seems to be a sign of good things to come or an exclamation point to an already impressive musical passage, something which we are going to highlight and which Ben noted a couple of minutes ago. Uh, it's a rare tune throughout much of its existence. It's only been played 113 times, and I think it's actually less than that because some of the performances in Fish.net are like when it bookends another song. Um, Maca Super has received heightened attention uh, throughout 1995. The band dusted it off in that year nine times, utilizing it on a handful of occasions as something to, uh, to segue into after some exhaustive jamming. Several very excellent jams have drifted into Makasupa, including the 5794 Tweezer, the 7295 Runaway Jim, the 113095 Tweezer, and the 111997 Wolfman's Brother. In its more recent incarnation, Makasupa has more often than not served as a set opener, having been tapped for that duty in almost half in about half of its appearances dating back to 12894, sometimes in very high profile situations, such as on 122995, 81696, 122896, and 81697. The show opening 81697 version famously segued into the completion of the Harpua that was left unfinished a year before at the Clifford Ball. All that you can read and more on Fishnet as well as in the Fish Companion, but it really kind of summarizes um, my fascination with the song after we decided to start talking about this. Um, because I think, you know, when I threw this idea out to you, we were both kind of like, it's 420 ha 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 we're going to talk about fish's pot song but we learned a lot coming out of this uh this this uh research period and we're going to share some fantastic versions here for you all just a couple quick notes before we jump into the notable versions i said um it's been played 113 times there's 36 however jam chart entries which is pretty high for a song like this it debuted on 10-23-84, but the first tape is from 12-1-84, which we'll talk about here in a sec. The last version that we heard was 10-26-21, and it's had three notable gaps. Uh, 60 shows from November 1st, 2013 to August 7th, 2015. 109 shows from February 25th, 1990 to November 26th, 1990. Crazy to think 100 shows could happen within the same year. And 322 shows, the biggest gap in its history from November 26th, 1990 to April 29th, 1993. And since April 29th, 1993, it's more or less been in an extended rotation. Big enough gaps that when it's played, it feels special, short enough gaps that it never really feels like a true bust out. Did I miss anything there in the overview? I think you're good. 
And let's jump into some notable, notable versions. So we wanted to kind of go through what we think is kind of the extensive, exhaustive list of Makasupas. And we're going to share some of our favorites as well. But um, we, we kind of wanted to break this into a couple tiers. We have the 80s shows. And there's some really fascinating versions from the 80s. Um, the 1.0, like the big 1.0 shows from 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 the mid 90s, and then the kind of what how Macasupa has evolved in the 2.0 period. So, looking at the 80s, Ben, what are some of the uh, notable versions that you can think of from uh, the 80s for Macasupa Policeman? What are your thoughts on it during that period? Yes, well, so you mentioned the 12.184 version uh, that comes out of Fire on the Mountain. Um, so at that point, you've still got Jeff in the band. It's a very different thing. Check it out for historical reasons. Um, but then in 87, it really kind of flourishes. And you have a bunch of really uh, extended Makisupas that go, you know, 10 minutes or so. And it was sort of the vehicle for if they were going to do a jam that was kind of like mellow, spacey, and, you know, where they could use what Trey could use, whatever pedals he had. Fishman, too. There's there's like a bunch of reverb on his drums. They're really trying to make it sound, um, give it like a, you know, a summery reggae vibe. Um, so 8.21.87 is a, the, one of the longest versions. There's a 16-minute version uh, of Steer It Up, the Bob Marley song, into Maki Supa. And then they go into a jam before going into David Bowie. It's interesting. There's some rapping. There's some somewhat cringy potentially uh offensive stuff um yeah uh in there i would recommend more highly the version from the following week 829.87 the 11 minute version which which includes an incredible uh guitar solo from trey um as well as the following uh, month you got 921 um so you you kind of can't go wrong in 1987 with maki no and you know I developed this like deep fascination with 1987 and 88 fish because by the, by the, by 1987, the, the quartet is formed. Page has been in the band for two years. A lot of the big songs, like the big early songs, pre nectars, pre picture of nectars, uh, uh, release have been written. So a lot of songs that are going to go on, um, junta, um, a lot of songs that are going to be in the man who stepped into yesterday, a lot of just like classic fish songs were written throughout 1986 and 87 songs like Fluffhead are starting to figure out a way to come together. Um, and it's also this really just gorgeous period for jamming. And there's so much jamming that happens in 87 and 88. It's before they really focused on tightening things up, really crafting this diverse almost recital type of set list that they would perform around the country for basically four years from 89 to 93 um, before they started to expand out again once they felt like they were really comfortable with the fan base that they had created nationally but 87 88 they're kind of just this like secret vermont band they're still kind of like in quotes a college band you don't know how seriously things are being taken there's no like true touring cycle it's here's four shows at nectars and then here's a show at the ranch and we're going to play like a in quotes festival at ian's farm but you know it's going to be attended by 150 of our friends and friends of friends and so on and so forth but yeah you were absolutely right that 821 829 921 these are just stunningly beautiful versions like trey sounds whereas in other parts of the 80s 
his speed and his accuracy is really what drives so much of the, you know, like when you hear him play like light up or leave me alone or funky bitch, like you hear him play in a manner that you're like a college guitarist is playing like this. I almost think it's more impressive that you hear him in these versions play almost nothing. And it's, it's like fish is channeling where they would go a decade from then in some ways. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I had the same reaction listening through these that, that it was like, if it weren't for this, like maybe we would not have like the waves jams, you know, or like what's the use or some of the, some of the kind of more spacey stuff that they would get to later. It's just like, this was an outlet for, for like ethereal jamming. Um, and, and like it, it's, I'm, I was kind of like thankful that they just had this launch pad for that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting in the fish book, Fishman talks a lot about, um, cause that was, you know, that comes out of <clears throat> interviews the band did in 1997 and Fishman talks a lot about reggae and he talks a lot about trying to, um, drum within like the a reggae type of beat because it allows so much space and it, it keeps everyone within time within rhythm but allows page and mike especially to really showcase what they can do while trey is kind of experimenting and and and, and overhead and just like developing a melody but like he's not doing too much and it's so wild to go back in time and hear them already playing like this on a most more than likely subconscious level you know they're probably i I would be shocked to hear them already having ideas about what 1997 would be back in the vermont days of the 80s but it's just it's wild for me to hear these versions and to think like a there's an alternate history for what makasupa could have been for their entire career where it could have been a jam vehicle for the whole career but b also kind of the foresight that the band seemed to have at the time Mm -hmm. um jumping ahead so we have two versions from the mid nineties and then um, three versions from the late nineties. And they both kind of showcase the similarities and differences of where the band's approach would be with Makisupa um, in the mid nineties and the late nineties. Um, let's focus first on the version we have from 94, 95. What, what do we, what do we have for, for people? Yeah, we've got, so 10, 29, 94, it's, it's about the full sequence. So I believe this is coming out of split open and melt. You yeah. get at near the end of the first set, you get uh, Buffalo Bill into Makisupa into Rift. Um, and Makisupa in so many of these versions is part of like a larger suite as it is here. Um, and then on 7295, it comes out of this, this crazy runaway gym uh, and you just get a big spacey jam out of Makisupa, which kind of fits into the summer 95 feel. Yeah, it kind of gives us those two sides of the song. You know, on the one hand, we have uh, 102994, which showcases kind of this, it's going to be inserted in a humorous type of manner. And it's going to showcase kind of, you know, the jokester, prankster side. This is obviously one of those shows that um, it's a night before the night type of show. You know, it allows the band the opportunity to lean into some joking and lean into some humor. But then you get this version from 95, the Sugarbush shows, where, you know, the band is playing this crazy long runaway gym that opens up that second set and then falls into Makasupa. And it gives you both jokes, but it also gives you um, 
this ability for like further extended jamming, kind of like what you saw in the eighties. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on these? Do you have, do you have like a preference? You know, it's, I, I, I loved listening to the, the ones from the eighties. My, my favorite Maki Supas are, are really as my favorite, almost everything um, is, is the late nineties versions. It, it just felt like they were, it was kind of in the later part of the nineties where their ability to, to, you know, craft an interesting space jam. Um, that's not just sort of like, you know, a bunch of noise. Um where they really came into their own with that kind of jamming. Well, and that's true. And I mean, there's, so we have three versions that we wanted to talk about from the late nineties, because these two versions from the mid nineties kind of showcase the two divergent halves of like where Makasupa is going to go. It's either going to be inserted as kind of a joke. Um, I think, a, I don't know if it's a great example, but it's a, it's a proper example of one of the last times we heard the song was uh, Deer Creek 2021. Trey, you know, takes that set off into like this uh, just mashup territory. Every song is kind of woven into each other. And then, of course, Makasupa, you know, comes somewhere in the middle of the set. And that's kind of what you get here in the 102994 version. But the three versions that we highlighted from the late 90s are more in the vein of what you're talking about here from 7295. We have 72597, which is kind of two things at once. It is both a segmented jam, but it's also uh, an incredible jam. It's an incredible jam segment, and it kind of adds to the lore of Summer 97. You get this just stunning bathtub gym 20 21 minutes just drenched in sweat this is from either austin or dallas i can't I remember dallas. exactly dallas okay um gin into makasupa into acdc bag and, and it's a direct segue in the acdc bag um this is one of my favorite jam segments the band has ever played uh i remember hearing this for the first time on the from the archives uh leading into magnaball and just being you know the beauty of the from the archives is kevin's playing uh jams and not telling you what it is until after it happens and i'd never heard this before and it's like oh my god this bathtub gin this is incredible and then it somehow goes to makasupa goes in the acdc bag um later that year 11 I wrote in our notes, just all caps, just space. I mean, like there's just nothing happening in the middle part of this jam. It's beautiful. And it really sounds like a, it, for whatever they were doing that was great in the summer of 87, this sounds like a band that knows how to play nothing and make nothing sound great. Um, and then 725.99 from Deer Creek, uh, which bookends happy birthday to Chris Corretta. What what were your thoughts on these versions? I know that we both have some favorites in these. Yeah, well, like our mid-90s choices, there's there's um a lot of variety in here. So 725.97, it does have kind of like, you know, a beautiful spacey jam in the middle. But then after they sing the final verse of Makisupa, they go into like kind of a rock and jam like it almost sounds like they could go into uh, uh moby dick um yes which is like so atypical for makisupa and it's really cool to hear that but yeah with 11 19 97 like you're saying it's it's just like the the bottom drops out i was listening to it this morning in the car my two-year-old was in the car and she she said alexa play the next song um <laughs> she thought it was over and i was like no 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 
You're going to play more. Nope. Just nope. you wait. We got more. We got She's more. Like, That's sick. Um, she didn't say that sick, but she did part- say the part about Alexa. But uh, yeah, one of the things I love. I feel about like your that, daughter would appreciate this. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, sorry, Alexa. Thanks. I'm talking to her right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, but the, the fact there's there's such direction to the to the Space Jam. It's not just sort of like, whoa, you know, it's it like they actually it builds tension and then the tension resolves by going back into the the second verse. Um, totally unique jam in that respect. And then the, you know, the Deer Creek 99 one is uh, it's all about shenanigans and happy birthdays to Chris. Hold on. I'm going to have to mute so I can turn off Alexa. You're okay. We're going to, we're going to take a pause. Actually. We're going to, we're going to, we have a, um, a very special appearance that is coming on here from co-host of HF pod. Um, Megan is hanging out pre-show and we're going to bring her on for a second to check the vibes pre-show of MSG, the return of fish to MSG for the first time since 2019. <laughs> Megan, how are you? Hey guys. Hey Brian. Hey Ben. Can you hear hey. me? Okay? We can hear you. How are you? Oh my God, guys. I'm off the charts. I've been like a kid on Christmas morning all day. I couldn't sleep <laughs> last night. I... My stomach was like flipping over all night and I was sitting there like trying to regulate my heartbeat all night, but I still have all the energy today. It's just, it's trade day. It's trade day. It's your first show at MSG since 2019. It's your first fish shows since Hershey of last summer. Oh, oh, Give Atlantic us City. Atlantic City. Excuse me. Give yes. me a song that you're hoping to hear. Slow Llama. Slow Llama. Ben nice. and I heard a Slow Llama last fall. It's, it's a fun one to hear. I've never heard one. Just what, um, where are you at right now? So we're at the Kimpton Bar uh, okay. in, on 30th and 6th. Yeah, and we're just having some food. And then we're going to go meet some friends uh, closer to MSG. Um, and yeah, it's great. My friend flew in from North Carolina. My other friend's here from Brooklyn. And there she is. Hey, hey. And we're just like so excited. I wish you guys were here. Likewise. So you guys, have you seen any other fish fans yet? Is, is there like tension building around like near, near the arena where, where are you guys like, like, what are you guys seeing? Yeah, there's lots of people around. It's super fun. Like kind of every like third person you see has some sort of like fish stuff on, which is just like oh, the yeah. best. Yeah. We got off the subway at like probably like three fifteen. I came from work, like dismissed my students and like rolled out like wheels up, like there's your moms. Okay. I'm out. And just like, was like rolling my bag. I told them, I'm like, remember, I don't know if I told you guys, but I was supposed to see some fish shows over the holidays and they got canceled. Like, let me know if something you wanted to go to got canceled over the holidays. And they're like, yeah, me. I'm like, yep. I'm like, well, they're happening now. So teachers out for the next few days. And they were like, sweet. They're like, yay. And then I was like, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. They're like, boo. But they're psyched Teacher, for me. Teacher's going to outer space for the next couple of days. Yeah, so yeah exactly. I'm getting on my round room spaceship and I'm taking it off. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, you look like you're beaming. You look like you're you're just like levitating right now. And um, we we wish you we wish you guys nothing but the best for the show tonight. We will be, we will both be watching. Well, I know I will be watching. Ben, I think you you have a concert tonight, but you'll probably be listening. Yeah, no, I'll hear some stuff, and I'll be I'll be crossing my fingers for your slow llama. <laughs> Thanks. That would be that would be quite the thing. Yeah, I, I'm so excited to recap with you tomorrow, Brian. 
we Thank will you. we will be hanging out uh, tomorrow, one p.m. It's going to be great and um, safe travels getting in. Have an awesome time tonight, Mike. Yeah, have fun. Thanks, guys. Good to see you, Ben. I'll see you, you tomorrow, too. Ryan. Bye. See ya. All right, so we got the vibes for MSG there. It is it is happening. It's like actually happening. You know what I mean? It's kind of crazy. Yeah, no, it's it's really exciting. So let's transition to talk about 2.0, 3.0 versions of Makasupas. We're going through kind of our all extensive list here. Um, I think, you know, thematically, one of the things that we've we've talked about here is there's like two angles of how the band approaches Makasupa. On the one end, we get these extensive jams like from the late 80s. Um, as well as like 11, 19, 97, 7, 25, 97. On the other side, we get these joke prankster type of versions. Um, you could argue uh, that the 87 versions are both joke prankster and also these extended jams, but 10, 29, 94, 7, 25, 99, these are, these are versions that like really lean into the humor. I think one thing that we've noticed and, and, and we'll dot our list here for um uh, the 2.0 and 3.0 versions are how much joking becomes a huge part of it. That like, if there's a moment for you know, comedic relief that the band needs, they go to Maka super policeman. It kind of elevates where the show's at, but also gives us to something you said earlier, a, a you know, a joke that's going to sustain throughout the night, throughout the run. And in some cases, in one of the cases throughout the tour. So um, why don't you throw out three versions here and we'll kind of take these in threes. Yeah, so from from 2.0, we've got uh, 7.17.03, which is Bonner Springs, Kansas. So this is a version that includes some references to their head of security being arrested. Didn't get into why. Um, but of all then the people also, to be arrested. No, I know. it's it's There's <laughs> a, a great irony to it. I, I actually went uh, to PT in search of answers uh, yesterday. And I, I couldn't figure out exactly what happened, but, um, and then Trey teases dust in the wind later in the version. It's a um, Kansas show, Kansas song. And then he offers a date with Fishman to anybody who can name the tease, which seems pretty easy, but um, I guess Fishman got a lot of dates out of that. And then uh, 123003 Miami new year's run. Uh, they used Makisupa to lead into, and I believe out of, the like 30 minute guest appearance from parliament funkadelic, um, which is man. Um, yeah. So some, some interesting versions there. And then, uh, and then our first 3.0 version is eight, eight Oh nine from the gorge uh, and gorge, right? The, uh, yeah. The gorge. And yeah. And so Maki Supa there comes immediately out of rock and roll, which, I think you could make a pretty strong case uh, that that was the best jam of 2009, best jam of 3.0 to that point. Um, and, uh, and then they go into Maki Supa and Mike and Trey trade instruments. And um, yeah, I will just say that Trey is the strongest guitarist in fish. <laughs> and I'll go with that. It's it's funny that seven seventeen oh three version. My my second fish show was seven eighteen oh three, and this was back in the days with no smartphones. But I was you know checking the set list on a night to night basis. I was super excited. I remember seeing that little gimmick, and then going to seven eighteen oh three, and they announced the winner during I didn't know, and I think it's a guy named Dan, and um, 
Trey tells the crowd to put on earmuffs because the only person who can hear Fishman do dust in the wind and vacuum is Dan. And it reminded me, you know, old school had come out that previous spring and dust in the wind is a huge song within that. I, I honestly think that like the whole dust in the wind thing was just like an excuse for Trey to throw out old school quotes, which is just oddly humorous in 2003 and basically like in line with the larger humor of Macasupa throughout the years. But um, yeah, that 8809 version that rock and roll is stunning. And the, the I kind of just put the Maca Super here for two reasons. One, Trey and, pay, or Trey and Mike trade instruments, which is, you know, cute and fun. But I just implore anyone who's listening to this or anyone who's here hanging out, please, please go and listen to the 8809 rock and roll. It is a stunning jam. And it it's shocking to me that they could jam that well in that, in that, at that point. And yet 2009, 2010 is relatively light overall from a jamming standpoint. There are some great jams throughout 2009, but um, that jam is just like fully connected and just incredible. Um, Mm -hmm. Also want to just throw out to anyone who's, who's hanging with us here, give us your favorite versions of Maka Supa policeman um, that you've either attended, you know, seen live or or heard. Um, We're going to share our three favorite versions here. um, Once we get through this larger list, but we will, we will shout out your favorite versions as well. Um, looking ahead, we have three versions that kind of came in essentially consecutive years, um, 10, 26, 2010, which came out of night nurse, uh, in a very celebrated show at the time, uh, a show that was dinner and a movied in April of 2021, just about a year ago. Um, really beautiful rendition of night nurse. And then they play Makisupa, which feels like a tip of the hat, but also kind of feels like something you couldn't do in 2022. Um, 528, 2011 from Bethel, which is one of my favorite 3.0 shows, like early, especially like pre fuck your face show. Like this is, this show has everything. It's got jams in really unique places. It's got an amazing set list. It's got one of the best number lines you'll ever hear. And then it's got this Makasupa that kind of leans into what we were talking about, about a song that can become a joke or a joke that can spread beyond just that performance to either the rest of the show, the rest of the run. In this case, it becomes a joke for the entire tour um, because Trey starts singing about going and visiting each other's houses and at one point they get to Paige's house and Paige just like, he like stands up, gets into the clav and is like, this is my fucking house. And like plays this just like ridiculous riff. And the whole place is going crazy. Mike's on the envelope filter. Like it's just, it's amazing, amazing stuff. And then they end that performance of Makasupa with this is what it sounds like at Fish's house. And it's a great segue right into the first drum riff of Harry Hood. It's just amazing set listing, great energy, great humor. But that joke, Mike's house, Paige's house, so on and so forth, would carry over through the entire June run um, through Father's Day uh, uh, of the 2011 tour. Um, and then finally, from this tier, uh, 11-1-13, the night after they play Wingsuit, um, this is the famous Cush Bush 
version of Mac as Super Policeman. What are your, kind of your larger thoughts about these three takes on the song? Um, so I was at the final two of these. I was at the Bethel and 11-1-13 shows. Um, and I think I, I think in other circumstances, if that was if those had been like the only things that happened at those shows, the only notable things, then I would kind of be like, OK, that that was cool. But I, I think in the context of shows that had like lots of great jamming, lots of, you know, uh, interesting song selections and just a great general vibe, um, it just heightens everything. It's it it really like just gives it gives you like a slogan. I mean, it's something that you can actually put on a T-shirt and that somebody probably has. Um, and that's, that's one of the really fun things about fish shows. Um, 10, 26, 10 too. I, I don't know. It was, I, I, I remember it was, uh, a, within a day or two of when Gregory Isaacs had died. So it was yeah. in tribute and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I think it was just a really flawless segue and, uh, I personally, I, I really like it. I, I thought it was, um, you know, a cool little segment. That show, 10-26-2010, is, is such an interesting show in the sense that, like, when it happened in fall 2010, it kind of elevated where that tour was at that point in time. And it felt like this combination of, there's a lot of songs played in that show, but most of those songs that were played, especially in the first set, are quite rare. And then the second set has some moderately interesting jamming. There's a really good version of light towards the end of the second set. But I remember when they dinner and movie did last year, there was a lot of, I don't want to say hate, but there was a lot of like, why are they dinner moving this show uh, from, from kind of the internet. And it just kind of is, it, it's a reflection of like, I, I want to continue talking about Oh nine and 10 on this podcast, because those two years were so formative in terms of where fish is at now. And I think you and I have talked about this a lot. Like, the challenges that the band had to grow and get back to where they eventually would get to on, I think, you know, we could roughly state August 31st, 2012 as kind of like the, now we're in a new era of fish type of moment. Um, you know, I think like listening to a show like this and like listening to a, a version of Makasupa like this, you just hear the band starting to tinker a little bit more and starting to move a little bit more sideways away from, you know, what is normal within a rock show and uh, shows like that really kind of showcased it. Like the, this, this uh, immediate evolution that they were going under. Mm -hmm. All of this brings us um, to, well, actually one quick thing I want to say about the 11, one version is there's, there's such a great moment that like, it's kind of what I was saying at the start of this, that, you know, the thing I love about Makasupa is that it really showcases a band that's willing to fall flat on their face and, and tell a joke that doesn't necessarily land that you wouldn't hear uh, most other rock bands playing in venues like them, you know, do without any sort of rehearsal. And there's a point where Trey asked Fishman, Cushbush, why that sounds like, you know, the name of a, 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 a fantastic British band or your favorite British band and Fishman just like, doesn't pick it up, pick up on it. And he's like, well, what band is that? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and Trey then, you know, tells him it's Bush and Fishman. Oh yeah. I'm going to pick up on the joke. And well, do you know any songs by Bush? And they segue back into Mac is super policeman, but it's just such a great moment of like the two of them riffing as though there's nobody in front of them. Yeah. And yet, 
they're just going to keep going with it because why not? Um, no, it's, yeah, it's it's something that you would expect them to do when they're playing on a ranch with a hundred of their friends in 1987, right. and they're you know now in their I guess at that point like pushing fifty, and uh, in front of thousands and thousands of people, and it's nothing's changed. Yeah, and that show eleven one thirteen, it's one of my favorite shows of three I, I feel in a sense like such a weight was lifted off of them following performing wingsuit yes. the night before. Um yeah, absolutely. and playing a song like Macasupa and just like kind of joking around, following as well like an incredible version of Twist to kick off that second set. You just heard the band kind of like exhale and be like, okay, now that's over with. We're gonna have some fun again. Mm-hmm. Um so we have two more notable versions that have come from late 3.0 as well as early 4.0. Um, the first of which is 1229.16, which I say this is the rare time in 2016 where the Marimba Lumina and a drums jam was a good thing because um, it's actually a really interesting version that I had completely forgotten about even though I was at this show. Um, and then 1026.2021 from Santa Barbara, which just to showcase how absolutely insane fall tour 2021 was this emerges from a 20 minute show opening pebbles and marbles and features the first little squirrel teases of the week. And I believe the first little squirrel teases in fish history. Um, what is little squirrel teases? Well, Ben, hello. Hi. How are you? Fine. We hope you have a good time. Thanks. (laughs) I've always wanted to do that. So thanks for playing along. Um, That, (laughs) that joke. I remember exactly what I'm supposed to say. You you did a good job. We're jamming here. We're jamming here. This is good. Um, That emerges in the Makasupa policeman and then carries over throughout the Vegas run. Um, I think the last version, the last time that they teased that was 1030 during the animals show. And I remember at the time it kind of hinted to a lot of people that they were going to play the white tape or they were going to play the man who stepped into yesterday, AKA game henge, because they were going back in time and showcasing this, um, you know, historical aspect of who fish was. We all know that fish never operates that way, which is why they gave us sci-fi soldiers instead. But, um, 1229, 16, 10, 26, 2021. What are your thoughts on these? Um, yeah, no, I, I pretty much agree with with everything that you're saying. I mean, the, the twelve twenty nine sixteen version, I totally forgot about it too. And it's like, it's one of those times where it's like, okay, I'm ki- kind of feel like I'm at a drum circle, but it's a really good drum circle. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the ten twenty six version, it's it's weird. I think that's that's like kind of an odd show because the pebbles that open the show is like this huge pebbles, maybe one of the best pebbles and marbles ever and then the rest of the show is good but but in my opinion anyway um is not quite at the top tier of fall 2021 shows so i remember at the time uh you know being a little bit disappointed that sample in a jar came out of makisupa though i think sample in a jar was a bit extended um yeah trey sings in a higher register (laughs) excuse me and jams it it's it's it segues into um the silver light i want to say i'm gonna double check that yeah into the silver light it's a really interesting first set it (laughs) it does not live up to 
overall what we heard throughout fall 2021. But I think it's it's an interesting show where there's enough thrown in there. Nakasupa tossing back to the little squirrel um, adds just a lot to to the set from the start. Not to mention this 20 minute pebbles and marbles. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it, once again, Makisupa just providing fodder that they they ride for many shows afterwards. Yeah, and that idea of like a joke that lasts is, you know, we've we've said this in a number of different ways, but like it's one of my favorite things about fish is like when they find a good joke, and this this is not like a dad aspect of fish. This like goes back to the 1980s. When they find a good joke, they just lay into it almost to the point that it's not funny anymore, but we're still going to keep telling it. And Makasupa is kind of like the perfect vehicle for that. And and I'm as someone who finds things funny and then like lingers on them for weeks on end. And long after anyone I know stops thinking that's funny. Uh, it just like, I don't know, something like Makasupa. If, if you don't love this, you're probably not going to love fish. And if you do love this and you can't appreciate it, it's probably a reason why you love fish. Yeah, no, I, re- I remember seeing Bethel in 2011 and then seeing them again, like two weeks later or something. And they were still telling the same joke. And I like I, I couldn't even remember where where or in what context they had started saying this whole Pages House thing. And I was like, what? Is, how are you still doing this? Um, but yeah, <laughs> that, that, that thing of like, I'm going to say something that's funny and then I'm going to keep saying it till it's annoying and then I'll keep saying it until it's funny again. Well, it's kind of like the weight joke. Do you, have you right. have you ever heard that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they would do this in front of new crowds where they would they play like the start to a song, but they play it kind of wrong and then just go wait. And they do it again and wait. You know, as if like <laughs> yeah. you're this like shy lead singer who's playing your first show and you like you've practiced this riff and this song over and over and over again. And then you get in front of the crowd. You're like, wait, wait, hold on. I, I can get it this time. And then playing that joke on themselves and their fans, but like doing it eight to 10 times to the point where it's like, okay, we paid to see you guys play music. Like, what are you actually doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that stuff. And and you get that with Makasupa. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've got scrolling across the bottom here in case, uh, people out there uh joined late or you want to write down our essential versions we've got like 14 essential versions 10 or 14 i don't, I don't know exactly it's somewhere in the middle there of makasupa policeman and we recommend you checking all of these out from the spacious jams of 87 97 to the humor and the um fodder for jokes for far longer than they should be jokes um this of course would not be a fish podcast without some more reductive ranking. So we wanted to uh, present to you our favorite versions of Makasupa and why. And we've, we've kind of gone deep on these, but you know, we'll just expand a little bit. Ben, what are your three favorite versions of Makasupa policeman and why? So it, I should preface this by saying it could change from listen to listen, but, uh, but I chose eight twenty one eighty seven because it's just got a lot packed in there, some warts and some beauty marks or something, um, and some some really nice improvisation. Um, Eleven nineteen ninety seven, I would say, is my all time number one. That's just a, a Makisupa unlike any other. 
uh, and it's it has to be heard. And it's on Live Fish. You can hear it as the filler for the eleven seventeen ninety seven show. Um, it's an Easter egg there at the end. Um, and then uh, eleven one thirteen, the one we were just talking about from Atlantic City, which was just you know kind of an all time one of the most fun versions. And like I don't know, it's just fish at their silliest, their silly best. So those are my three. What what about you? Those are all great versions. And yeah, that 11, 1997 version, I still remember getting that live fish. And I don't think, I think I'd heard one 97 show before I got that CD. I was, and I, and like, I remember getting into fish and being told that they went through this like funk reinvention and being like, what, like, this band like what are you talking about and i got 72197 which is you know that was a dinner movie that's now officially released it's a really good show but 111797 every time i went on to fish.net i was just like i would just like look at that set list and be like what the hell like how is how did this get played and i remember when that was released taking it home listening to it on um my parents side porch and just like having my mind blown and then the show ends and that 28-minute Wolfman starts, and it goes into Makasupa. And I've heard now other Makasupas, but like I'm pretty used to Makasupa being a three-minute joke song. And it's 10 minutes of just like space, and it's it's incredible. It's that other side of Fall 97. It's the non-funk. It's the ambient, spacious side that is personally my favorite side of the, the, the tour. Um, so I went with eight twenty nine eighty seven. We were talking about this. This is from the ranch, um, in South Burlington, Vermont. This is a show we talked about this extensively in Undermine Season One. There's an incredible, incredible version of David Bowie, but um, the Makasupa I definitely recommend. This is a three set show, one of my absolute favorite um eighty shows of all time. I think that it deserves an official release. Cannot recommend this enough. The solo that Trey um plays during this makasupa will kind of like break your heart it's so beautiful and it's such a preview of where his guitar is going to go over the next three decades um 725.97 i talked extensively about this uh, a couple minutes ago bath of gin makasupa ace dc bag it ends the first set like these three songs end the first set which if there's anything you ever need to explain why 1997 is incredible it's because things like that happen um, and then 528.11. I want to throw a 3.0 version in here. Um, I think similar to your 11.113 version, like the humor that comes out of this and the bands, I think something happened, you know, without humor, there's no fish. Like fish would never have been a band that could have existed just as like a dead serious dedication to craft and to image like there always had to be this sense of like, we don't take ourselves seriously, but we take the music seriously. And when they came back in 09, before they rediscovered jamming on a level that they're playing now, and before they, re, they, they wrote a bunch of new songs, it was their humor that really was there to like remind them from the stage and remind us in the crowd, like, Hey, we're still the same guys. We're just, we're, we're figuring this out again. And moments like five twenty eight eleven and eleven one thirteen really kind of showcase that. So those are six versions that are our top, top tier of Mecca super policemen. I thought more about ranking Mecca super policemen 
in the last week and a half than I ever thought was possible. But I, I got to say, like many things on this show, I dive in thinking, man, I'm going to talk about a jokey weed song on 420 um, by the rock band Fish. And I'm going to come out of it with a ton of new appreciation for the music. I mean, how, how, how about you? You feel similar? Yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, there, I, I think there's uh there's both more and exactly as much Tamaki Supa as you expect there to be. Like there's, <laughs> there's such a history to it. And so there, there is so much to discover. And yet when you get right down to it, it's like, it's barely a song. It's, it, there's like two, two lines in it and two chords and, and that's all you get. But, uh, but you know, it's, it's launched a thousand jokes and jams and stories and, you know, bits of fish lore. <laughs> it's a really good way to put it. And like, you know, how lucky we are to have a band where the lead singer misheard the title of the song that his best friend wrote when he was in elementary school and they decided to create a song out of it. And it's led to so many jokes, so many jams and some very unexpected evolution along with the band's history. It's kind of crazy. Um, the other thing I, I didn't mention uh, earlier in the show, just as like a, a, an aside, um, the first version that was played in 3.06609 did not have a keyword. It's, I think, the only version of Makasupa that did not have a keyword. And then it was the next version, 62009, um, where Trey said, uh, woke up this morning, pissed in your cup, woke up in the afternoon, called my probation officer. And it was like, that was a great, hey, we can poke fun at our past. We can poke fun at who we are. And this is a song that we can do it with. So really great stuff. Ben, anything else that you have to say about Mackie's Super Police? I, I mean, we're an hour and 15 minutes into this show where I think you've said more than you ever thought you would about Mackie's Super, but you know, that's, that's the nature of this. Yeah. Well, you know, Maki Supa's story is still being written and I would not be at all surprised if, uh, if it gets a new chapter tonight, but we'll find out soon. I was going to say, do you, do you think that they're going to play it tonight? I think that they're, I, I would, um, I would say 75% yes, but 25% fish always keeps us guessing. So maybe not. Yeah. I mean, so this is uh, one, one of our attendees here today, Alex May, who's a future guest on HF pod live um, said he was at the last 420 show for 2094 with Dave Matthews band. So um, clearly we had Dave Matthews earlier this year. Clearly we are going to get Makisupa on 420 because we just have to celebrate. Do you think that they're going to allow people to indulge in marijuana inside of the garden today, knowing that it's the holiday? Um, yeah, no, no, probably not. I, I would assume mm -hmm. anybody who does that will be instantly removed. Yeah, I would. That's that tends to be the vibe. Well, we'll see. You know, hopefully they're they take it a little bit looser, knowing that this is a big day in fish history. Um, I am very excited for this upcoming concert as well as this upcoming run. I wish I could be in New York with everyone who's there, but I want to thank you all for hanging with us here. And Ben, it's always a pleasure to talk fish with you. It's always a pleasure to talk anything with you, but um, I, I really enjoyed this. Thank you for for going down this journey in this crazy rabbit hole with me and uh, enjoy Taper's Choice tonight. It should be an awesome show. 
Yeah, no, thanks for having me. And uh, it's always good talking to you too. And I will look forward to listening to you talk about fish for the next few days. Give me a lot of it. Yeah. Have a great night, my man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That was super fun. Thank you once again, Ben Greenfield at Guy Forger OPT. Throw the guy a follow on Twitter if you don't already. He is, uh, like I said, a wonderful mind about the world of fish as well as many other things. Um, so as Ben mentioned, we are going to be, and as I said at the top here, we are going to be um, back a ton over the next couple of days. Um, tomorrow, we'll be back at 1 p.m. Eastern to break down night one of Fish's MSG run. We have a great lineup tomorrow. We have Ryan Storm, friend of the pod, previous guest on HF Pod Live, host of his own great show. Um, we move through stormy weather, uh, talks a ton about fish and goose. Um, really, really, really great dude that I'm excited to hear his thoughts on the show. I think this is his first time at MSG, which I'm really, really stoked for him to experience that. As well as we're going to have Tim, Kevin, and Travis from the Wook Plus crew on. So it's going to be a packed show tomorrow, talking through the first night at MSG. Again, 1 p.m. Eastern, we'll be back every single day following Fish's MSG run to break down those shows. Um, before we go, I want to tell you just once again about two of our sponsors, um, Sunset Lake CBD. They're a majority employee-owned hemp farm located just outside of Burlington, Vermont. For years, Sunset Lake was a dairy farm. They produced milk for Ben & Jerry's ice cream. And in 2019, they diversified and started growing hemp for CBD. Sunset Lake CBD embraces Vermont's tradition for land stewardship by using sustainable and regenerative farming techniques. To build and protect healthy soils, they are 100% pesticide-free, use minimal tillage, and implement cover crops and crop rotations. They also serve as a research farm for the University of Vermont's agronomists to study hemp and inform best industry practices. I've said this many times, but like I love the products of Sunset Lake. What I really love about Sunset Lake is the um, just... The, the incredible way that they treat their employees, the incredible way that they treat the land, the 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 high mindedness, environmental friendly approach to um, the product that they get to you all. So not only are they providing you with fantastic CBD, but they are also um, just doing you know great by the people that work for them and great by the uh, the area that they exist in. So um, check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com. Use coupon code HFPOD for twenty percent off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer owned, Vermont grown. We are also thrilled to be sponsored by Cash or Trade. It's the only secondary ticketing marketplace where fans buy, sell, and trade tickets at face value. What a concept. What an incredible thing. Fans are able to DM each other before, during, and after transactions. They can rate and review each other when a transaction is complete to let people know that you had a great experience with someone you were buying or selling tickets with or a poor experience to give future uh, uh, purchasers um, the opportunity to understand, hey, I'm working with a trusted source here. There's no added fees to sell your tickets. All sales are fully protected by cash or trades trader protection policy, which guarantees your money back. Users can avoid purchase fees with a gold membership subscription. I'm a gold member there. I highly recommend getting it. It's a fantastic way for you to get um, 
tips off on when uh, tickets that you are looking for are available and also an opportunity for you to avoid any sort of purchase fees. Visit castrotrade.org to learn more as well as to sign up. And with that, I will be back tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern to talk through fish and MSG, just like John intended it. Thanks, everyone. See you all later. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.